This is Sunday night worship service here at the Pine Level Pentecost Witness Church. Senior Pastor Farrell Harrison bringing the message part 17 of what we believe. We'll be speaking out of the Leviticus chapter 7, Psalms chapter 24, Zechariah 13, Matthew 5, Acts 26. We'll start our service right now with our Senior Pastor Farrell Harrison on this September the 27th, 2023. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How are you? Everybody say fine, real loud. Good, good, good. That's what we say anyway, isn't it? We always say fine. And if you're a child of God, whether you're really doing fine or not doing fine, you really are doing fine because you got him. Amen? I've already started deep preaching, preaching deep. So y'all stay with me if you can. Read your bulletin. Read your bulletin. Lots of stuff in your bulletin. Read it. What do I need to tell them, Mac? What do I need to say? Read the book. It's all in there, y'all. It's all in there. Read your bulletin. Miss Josephine, it is so good to see you. Thank the Lord you're here. Amen. Amen. Ain't many of us, but let's, let's clap and uh, let her know how we feel. We love Miss Josephine and just been going through so much, so much. And still got some more to go through physically, but she's got a procedure coming up. In a, in a week or so, and so we want to pray for her that that procedure will do a good job and take care of a lot of that pain. I know you're so tired of it, and when your body's broken, your heart's broke, that's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot to go through, and we're just so glad to see you here tonight. Uh, we want to go to the Lord in prayer, and of course, remember Miss Josephine and all the, all the names that are in the bulletin. I'm sure I... Uh, I should have made sure I got my had my bulletin up here, but uh, we remember uh, most of those names anyway. Um, I've got a um, a friend who is is battling physically. Um, actually, it's my cousin, my my first cousin. Do y'all remember preacher Otis Penny? Any of y'all remember Otis Penny? Otis Penny is my uncle. He married Mama's sister. And uh, he had a son who's a preacher, Tom Penny. A lot of y'all may know Tom or heard of him. Uh, they're all Pentecostal Free Will Baptists. And um, Elaine had a brain aneurysm about uh, a couple of weeks ago now. I was looking for Millie. I saw blonde hair over here, blonde hair. And uh, um, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago now, maybe not quite that long. And she survived it, and she is uh, there. She's still in intensive care, and still being treated constantly throughout every day. You know, a brain aneurysm um, uh, can very easily end in death. And uh, but they got there in time. They found it, got there in time to relieve it a little bit. But she's not out of the woods. And so, if y'all would pray for Elaine, I would appreciate that so much. Do you have a request you'd like to offer tonight, anybody? Amen, amen. That's more important, isn't it? Miss Mary, of course, Miss Mary uh, McDaniel, praying for her and 
Brother Buddy, miss them today. Pray that they get better. Anybody else? Help me. Help me remember them. Yes, sir, Danny. Danny's got stuff going on with his throat going back to Durham Tuesday. And uh, he said if any of y'all wanted to go on that trip for him so he wouldn't have to go, he'd be glad for y'all to go in his place. <laughs> Praying for you, Brother Danny. Praying for you. Florence got the flu. I always miss her when she's not here. Anybody else? Help me Help me remember. Um, let's see. We're praying for, let's pray for all our widows. We, we've got um, not just Miss uh, Josephine here tonight, but uh, don't forget to pray for Ruth and, and Ida and others who have lost their spouse. And I'm probably leaving somebody out. Don't be offended by that. Uh, let's pray for all of these. Um, just looking through these names here. I can call every one of them. Yes, yeah, I talked to Miss Carol. She couldn't hardly talk on the phone for her not being able to breathe. And I, I you know, that's got to be one of the scariest uh, feelings, not just the discomfort of it, but just the not being able to get your breath. That'll make you panic. I'm pray for Miss Carol. She uh, deserves to be well, don't she? I want her to be well. We want our, the, live, the lives we do have on this earth, we want them to be quality lives as much as possible. And uh, I believe that's why Brother Norman made the decision he made. He wanted a quality of life, and if he couldn't have that quality of life, he decided he'd go somewhere where he could have that quality of life, and his family would come join him a little later. And uh, I don't blame him one bit. He's in heaven with the Lord, wouldn't come back now if he could. Amen. Pray for our denomination. Pray for the Bartlett family, our conference. Um, um, Brother Ryan Jackson, who will become our bishop. I know most of you don't know who he is probably, but uh, when he becomes bishop, I'll have him come preach for us. A uh, sharp, sharp young man. A very, very good preacher. And uh, when he comes, bring your Bible with you because he knows his Bible. So we'll, we'll have him come preach for us on Sunday. So pray for our conference. Amen? Anybody else? Y'all ready to pray? Yes, yes. Kids? Yeah. Yeah, the suicide rate among children since COVID has shot through the roof. Yes, ma'am. It's, it's ridiculous. Well, the parents, have, uh, the, uh, the teachers have such little authority to do anything about anything. And absolutely.
Absolutely. My mama, one time, <clears throat> a boy, a big boy on the bus slapped Hal uh, on the bus. And when he got off the bus and went home, he had a handprint on the side of his jaw. And old Shirley run that bus down. And she got on that bus and she went back there and wouldn't know which boy it was, did it? And boy, I'm telling you, he fessed up. And she said she gave him what for. <laughs> so, boy, you do that now, they'd lock you up, wouldn't they? they lock you up. But that was like then, back then. Yes, sir. Couldn't, couldn't get there. in this world, isn't there? Brother Jerry, we're praying for you and Miss Francis. And I know you have um, give some biopsies and things. You're waiting on some results and some tests. And uh, we're praying for you and Miss Francis. We know you are better, but you're not well. And we're praying for you to get better every day, stronger every day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right? Y'all ready? Father, we love you and we praise you and we magnify you and we are honored and privileged to call you our Father. You are our Father and we are your children. We're your children by adoption. We're your children by the new birth. We were born again and when we were born again, when we got saved, then we became the children of God. You're not automatically one of God's children until you get saved. And Lord, the people that are in this room tonight are saved and they have been adopted into your family and we are honored and privileged to call you our daddy, our father, Abba Father. And so, Lord, we come to you tonight with all of these requests. And we haven't even scratched the surface of the surface. I mean, Lord, even in our own community, we, we, we could go on and on and on for hours of needs physically and needs spiritually and needs financially and, and needs emotionally, Lord, and, and uh, mental health needs. And, and, God, we could just talk about uh, the people that aren't saved, who need to be saved. We could, we could talk about broken marriages and children rebelling against their parents. And, and there are just so many things we could talk about. But Lord, we ought not be surprised because you said in your word these things would come to pass as the time of your return drew near. 
And so, Lord, we know that we're going through a lot of this. We're seeing a lot of this. We're experiencing a lot of this, hopefully, that it would cause people to realize they need a Savior, that they need to be saved. God, we ask you to touch those with cancer, touch those with various kinds of diseases and mental uh, illnesses, Lord, and physical illnesses of various kinds. Lord, we could go into a a whole list of different kinds of physical needs and and mental needs and emotional needs. Lord, we talked about how uh, um, uh, suicide is just skyrocketing among our children, among our children when they ought not even be thinking about anything like that. Lord, uh, our stressful world that we live in, our world that is possessed with a spirit of the Antichrist, It is in that environment, in that climate, and it's in that world that we see these things going on. And it makes us want to cry out, even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly. We want you to come, but Lord, on the other hand, there's so many who don't know you, who need to be saved. And we ask you, Lord, to use us. Help us know what to say. Help our lives intersect with the lives of lost people that we might be able to talk to them and tell them our story and and tell them how you saved our soul and how you want to save their soul. Lord, let us be ready. We talked this morning about being vigilant, being alert, being ready. And Lord, let us be reminded again tonight in this service that you are calling us to be alert calling us to be aware, God, of of what's going on around us. And we as Christians need to be aware uh, when we're in the company of people who don't know you that we might be able to say a word or give a little sentence or a, a little testimony that might touch their heart and help them see their need of you. Father, we... Um, don't have anywhere else to go. I I remember in the Bible, uh, you looked at your disciples and you said uh, when the crowd left you and didn't want to hear you preach anymore and, and they were about to put you on the cross, you looked at your disciples and you said, will you also go away? And Peter, who often said the wrong thing, said the right thing that day. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Only you, Lord have the words of eternal life. Lord, we don't have a second plan. We don't have a plan B. We don't have a a plan in case you don't follow through or you let us down somehow. Lord, we don't have any other plan. You're our only hope. And we know you won't let us down. You've promised you would never uh, turn your back on us. But God, we turn our back on you. And so, Lord, keep us near you. Keep us near you, Lord. Keep us near the cross. Keep us near you in our spiritual life, in our prayer life. Keep us near you, Lord, that we might know you, that we might be uh, aware of your voice in our life, that we might be aware of your guidance in our life, your direction. Lord, that you might give us discernment, that we would know what to listen to and what not to listen to. Discernment on when to speak and when not to speak and what to say and what not to say. I don't know that all the time. And Lord, I need you to help me. I need you to help me, Lord, by giving me the spirit of discernment. Heal those, God, that are battling in their bodies. 
Lord, we just lay them at the altar, lay them on the altar, and we ask you to heal and strengthen and make whole what is in part and what is broken. And, and when parts of our body don't function the way they're supposed to, Lord, revive them. Revive them, renew them. You created us. You can recreate us. If we've got something in our body that's not working right, you can recreate it. You can make it again. And you can make it anew. And Father, we ask for that. We believe for that. We trust you for that. But whether you do or whether you don't, we're going to love you, Lord. We're going to serve you. We're going to keep you number one in our life. And when we drift and when we fall away, Lord, you, you, you go out there with conviction and with love and bring us back. Call us back, Lord. Don't let us stray off. Call us back tonight. We pray you will. We know you will. And we ask that you would in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, tonight we're going to talk about something that don't get talked about very much anymore. We're going to talk a little bit about sanctification uh, this is chapter 4 in your book, if you've got your book with you and you want to follow along. It's chapter 4, Sanctification, an Essential Word. And we're going to begin this just like we began all the other studies we've gone through in this book. We're going to look at it in the various parts of the Bible. Sanctification, and we'll get into the definition and how it affects your life. And what I said this morning is really true. If we would receive and pray for every day sanctification, it would solve so many of our problems. Because sanctification represses the flesh in your life. Sanctification doesn't kill the flesh. It doesn't kill humanity, the, the human part of us, the old man, as Paul said. It doesn't kill him, but it cripples him. And so we want to be sanctified. We want to pray for sanctification. We want to try to understand sanctification because as we understand it, then we'll see the need of it. And if we see the need of it, then we'll ask God for it and we'll pray for it and we'll believe the Lord for it. And um, that's what we want to do. I want to, I want to uh, whet my appetite and whet your appetite for sanctification. Look what it says in the Pentateuch on page, what uh, page is that in your book? 137, <clears throat> 137, chapter 4. The Pentateuch, of course, is the first five books of the Bible. Moses wrote those books. And in the book of Leviticus, chapter 20 and verse 26, it talks about our holiness or separation from ungodliness. It says, you shall be holy unto me. For I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you. That's what sanctification is. To set you apart from the world to do the Lord's work. That's what sanctification is. He says, for I, the Lord, am holy and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that brother... Um, um, Trammell, who wrote this book, is using the New American Standard Version, so I'm reading from his book. So if mine don't sound just like yours, 
it's the same meaning. It's the same meaning. The reason he uses the New American Standard Version is that most Bible scholars, which I am not one, but most Bible scholars believe that it is the most accurate translation from the Hebrew Old Testament to English and the um, Koine Greek New Testament to English. So that's why he uses the New American Standard Version, in case mine's not like yours. In the book of Psalms, chapter 24, verses 3 and 4, the Bible says, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Here's who shall. He who has clean hands... And Brother Trammell, when he used this scripture, he says that's a picture of salvation. Sins we've done, sins we've committed, that's salvation. He said, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, that's sanctification. That's sanctification. So it's right there in Psalm 24, 3 and 4. Now, uh, turn to Proverbs 22, if you're in Psalms, just hang a right and go over to Proverbs 22 and verse 11. And it says, He who loves purity of heart and whose speech is gracious will have the king as his friend. He who loves purity of heart. Uh, Miss Miller, you got the King James there in front of you? Or you, or you don't? Are y'all reading out the King James? I gave Miss Jenny my scripture. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. There it is. Okay. Uh, uh, So you can see there, mine might be a little different. He who loves purity of heart. Okay, it's about the same. Uh, And then in the prophetic books, if you go to Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1, it says, On that day there shall be a fountain open for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. For what purpose? To cleanse them from sin they've done and uncleanness which deals with their nature to do wrong. See, listen. Salvation deals with acquired sins. When you get saved, God deals with the sins you've done. When you get sanctified, He deals with inherited sin nature. In sanctification, the nature that is in all of us to do wrong, you know, the Bible says we're bent toward evil. Well, sanctification deals with that. So that's why we want to be sanctified. That's why if you're gonna if you need a, a little prayer every morning, sometimes my brain don't start working till I've been up a while. So write you a prayer down when you got your brain working good that you can look at and pray every morning that tells you. Lord, I want to live a sanctified life today. Lord, I welcome the power of sanctification in my life today. I welcome, Lord, the work of the Holy Spirit in my life to sanctify me that I might not give in to the desires of my flesh. That's what sanctification does. It is an empowerment to have victory over the flesh. Now in the Gospels, in Matthew 5, 48, it says, You therefore must be perfect. Mm, that's, that's, that's a pretty big demand right there, isn't it? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And that 
You could exchange that word. It's perfect in the scripture on the screen. But it could be holy. Be holy because the Lord's holy. Try to live holy because your God is holy. We're never going to be perfect. But attempt to be perfect. Move toward perfection that you might honor your God who is the God of perfection. Now you're going to make a big mistake. And I'll teach on this during this lesson. But you're going to make a big mistake when you try to live holy and you, and you strive for perfection. You're going to make a big mistake if you try to do that apart from the power of God in your life. Because you can't do it. You cannot do it. You have to trust. You have to believe in. You have to ask for and receive the power of God to help you overcome your sin nature, your sinful desires. So that's what that means in a more practical way. In Acts, uh, the book of Acts chapter 26 and verse 18, he says, To open their eyes, this is what sanctification does, opens your eyes, to open their eyes that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins, that's salvation, and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You are sanctified not because you woke up one morning and grit your teeth and say, I'm not going to do wrong today. You will never make it. You'll do wrong before you can get out of bed. But if you will pray every morning and say, Lord, you empower me, you help me, you strengthen me. I don't know about y'all, but I pray for conviction of sin. I say, Lord, if I sin, convict me. Convict me of my sin. When I do wrong, convict me of it. Don't let me get away with it. And he won't let you get away with it anyway. But I like to pray that. I like to ask the Lord for that. Because I know to be sanctified or to be convicted is going to keep me closer to God. Now, conviction's not a good feeling. When I do wrong and I step out of bounds and the Holy Ghost has to blow the whistle on me because I stepped out of bounds, I don't like that feeling. But I'll tell you what. I thank God for that feeling because it holds me accountable to live right and get back in bounds where I belong. Um, here's an illustration I heard. And y'all, I may have already give you this illustration since I've been with you. But uh, the Indians say that the conscience is like a triangle. And that triangle is in your heart. And it's sharp on those edges. It's sharp on those corners. And when you do wrong, the Indians say that that triangle turns. And when it turns, the corners hurt you. But then the Indians say that if you do long enough, it'll rub off those corners and make them smooth. And where you used to feel pain when you stepped out of bounds, you don't feel pain no more. Am I making any sense? So I tell God, I'll pray this once in a while. I know I'm strange. But I'll say, Lord, sharpen my corners. Sharpen my corners, Lord. Sharpen my corners. Because I know my nature. I, I know about it. I don't, I'm sure I don't know it in depth. If I knew it in depth, I'd probably be more discouraged than I get sometimes. But, but I know, I know I, I can go in a, in a wrong direction quickly and and if God don't if God don't help me 
feel the conviction of that, then I could just keep going in that wrong direction over and over. And it would smooth out those corners. Y'all understand? And so pray for that. Pray for conviction of sin, that God will let you know when you've stepped out of bounds. Now, the epistles, of course, we know those are Paul's letters, or not just Paul's, but Peter wrote letters, other other writers in the New Testament. But Paul wrote this one to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 4, and then verse 7, it says, For this is the will of God, for this is the will of God, your sanctification. Amen? For this is the will of God, your sanctification. Here's what God wants. This is the will of God, that you abstain from sexual morality. Now look at there. That is a big one in our day, isn't it? There's things coming on your TV screen now in the middle of the day that years ago you'd have had to go down some back alley somewhere to look at it. If you want to see things like that, they're coming right into your home now. Amen? Amen. Did y'all hear the Lord say amen on that? Amen. He says, abstain from sexual immorality that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness. That's our denomination, isn't it? Amen. And honor, for God has not called us to impurity, but to holiness. And, of course, the writer there just pulled out the heart of that scripture there instead of word by word. Then we go to the book of Revelation. At the end of the Bible, we find this. Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power. Glory to God. But they will be priests of God and of Christ And they will reign with him for a thousand years. Praise God. I'm so glad I'm not going to go into the millennial reign uh, based on my own righteousness. Amen. And my holiness. Thank God I'm going in on his righteousness and his holiness. And then he put this hymn in here. And I almost didn't include this tonight. But I got to reading it and it was so good. And I couldn't remember how it went. So I went on YouTube, and uh, I recognized it, but I couldn't remember how it went. So I went on YouTube and found a choir singing it, and it blessed me so good. I wanted to read it to y'all tonight. Y'all scared I was going to sing it, weren't you? Y'all scared. I could tell y'all scared. Look what it says. Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with him within the narrow road? We're on the narrow road, aren't we? We're not on the broad road. Why are we not on the broad road? Where does it lead? Destruction leads to destruction. We're on the narrow road that leads to heaven. He says, would you have him bear your burden, carry all your load, let him have his way with thee? Would you have him make you free and follow at his call? Would you know the peace that comes by giving all? Would you have him save you so that you need never fall? Let him have his way with thee. Would you in his kingdom find a place of constant rest? Would you prove him true in providential test? That word providence means God sees ahead and makes provision. I like that word. I don't see ahead, but God does and makes provision. Isn't that wonderful? 
Then he says, would you in his service labor always at your best? Let him have his way with thee. And then here's the, here's the chorus. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. T'was best for him to have his way with thee. Amen. That's what we're talking about with sanctification. Uh, and I know we may say this when we pray, but, but it's a deeper than saying it. Uh, that's why the Bible uh, warns us not to get repetitive with our prayers. It, remor- it reminds us to, when we pray, think about what you're saying. Think about what you're praying. Don't, don't just pray the same thing over and over and over again. Uh, think about what you're saying and and write down things you don't want to forget. I'm I'm big on writing down uh, prayer prayer things that I don't want to forget about me, that I want God to help me, things that that I need Him to tame in me every day. So I'm going to jump over now to page 142, and I want us to go down to uh, and you can study all those other pages and they're good, but I just wanted to deal with some parts that I'd prayed about and. And wanted to make sure I went over with you all. What are we talking about tonight? Sanctification. Sanctification. And there's so much good work, uh, so much good word in here about it. Um, I could have just gone over so much of it and we'd be here for a long, long time. Um, uh, Matter of fact, if you've got your book, back up a little bit and let's do go over Let's do go over the definition. Go back to 140, if you will, and let me let me just go over the definition a little bit. If you'll go down to the middle of page 140, where it says, as expected. As expected from a church anchored in the holiness tradition, the Pentecostal holiness church devotes a significant amount of language in its doctrinal statement. Uh, to articulate our position on this great theme of sanctification. And I want to just read that to you. I want to just read that to you right out of our, our doctrine of, of what we believe, our statement of faith. It says, We believe that Jesus Christ shed His blood for the complete cleansing of the justified believer for all indwelling sin and from its pollution subsequent to regeneration. And then you jump down to Article 10. We believe in sanctification. While sanctification is initiated in regeneration, in other words, sanctification starts when you get saved. It starts when you get regenerated. When you got saved... Uh, the, the seed of sanctification was planted in you. It, it, it began in you when you got saved, is what he's saying here. While sanctification is initiated in regeneration and consummated, that means at the end, in glorification. That's the one I'm looking for, ain't y'all? I, I'm glad I got saved, and I'm glad I got sanctified, and I'm glad I got filled with the Holy Ghost, but I'll be so glad to get glorified. Won't y'all... When we walk into heaven's door, what a, what a day that will be. He says, we believe, talking about the Pentecost Holiness Church, 
that it includes a definite, instantaneous work of grace achieved by faith subsequent to regeneration, after we're saved. And then he gives scripture there. I can't, I can't read all the scriptures. We'd be here forever. So you take note of that and you look those scriptures up. I challenge you to do that. And then top of page 141, sanctification delivers from the power and dominion of sin. So sin is always resident, but sin don't have to be president. That's what sanctification is. Sin is always going to be resident. In other words, that sin nature is not going to be eradicated in this life down here. You're going to always battle that sin nature. Remember what Paul said, the good I want to do, I don't do, and the bad I don't want to do, that's what I do. He's talking about his struggle with the sin nature. And if Paul had it, me and you going to have it. I'm pretty sure. And so Paul, and so, so what he's saying here in, in this scripture is that, that that sin nature can be resident, but in sanctification, it, it keeps it from being the president of your life. Does that, do you understand? Uh, you, can, you can have that battle. Uh, matter of fact, if he does become president, you've lost the battle. You've lost the battle. Uh, look what he says. While sanctification is initiated in regeneration and consummated in glorification, we believe that it includes a second, a instantaneous work of grace achieved by uh, faith subsequent to regeneration. Sanctification delivers from the power and dominion of sin. Sanctification is followed by... A lifelong growth process. You never stop growing in sanctification. You might be able to tell me the night you got sanctified in the altar. And that's good and that's wonderful and I have no problem with that. But another person might say, well, I got filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. But I don't remember getting sanctified. That's all right, honey. You got it somewhere. You got that experience somewhere, and you might have a glorious experience of being sanctified, or you might be like the other fellow who says, I can't really remember when that happened to me. That's all right. That's all right. Uh, that, that's fine. Read these scriptures. You're sanctified. You've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You can, you can believe if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've been, you've been sanctified. But you grow in it. Here, here's what our church I don't think they meant to teach this, and I don't think the old folks uh, came before me meant, to, meant for it to be that way. But I don't know if y'all remember some of the testimonies, but I heard testimonies that said, I thank God I'm saved, sanctified. I'm so glad he sanctified me. He killed the want to. Ever since I got sanctified, I've not wanted to. And I thought, man, I want that. I don't know what that is, but I ain't got that yet. And the fact is, he don't kill the want to. That's how they felt. That's the only way they knew to express it. What they meant was, when I do stumble, when I do fall, I don't like it one bit. I don't enjoy sin no more. We all sin. But when you're sanctified, you don't enjoy it no more. You don't like it no more. When you're, when you're right with God and you sin... And, and I can't remember how that feels, but I know Miss Millie, she probably could tell us how it feels. But 
But uh, when I sin, I know. I know right then. I don't like it. It hurts me. I don't like me. I don't like me. I get mad at me. But I'm going to tell you something. You've got to be careful there too because the devil will jump on there and help you not like yourself and help you hate yourself and help you feel like you can't never live in victory. So you've got to be mighty careful with that too. Y'all getting this? Am I preaching? Am I preaching tonight? So he says, he goes on to talk about it. Um, he talks about the assemblies of God. If you look down at uh, 141, you're on what page 141. If you'll go down about middle way, it says by comparison. See, we believe, we believe in Pentecost Holiness Church that sanctification is a second definite work of grace. That you can come to the altar and experience sanctification. The assemblies of God don't believe that. They don't believe that. However, they're still our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Matter of fact, we are very, 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 very close to them in every other way, except they see that as a as a uh, beginning in sanctification and progressing, and we do too, progressing from sanctification begins in salvation rather and progressing through until God fills you with the Holy Ghost. We believe there's an experience of sanctification, second definite work of grace. But let's, let's read what the assemblies of God believe, because I'm going to tell you something. I believe every word of what they're saying. The only thing they don't say in there is the second definite work of grace. I hope I'm making sense. Here's what the assemblies of God say. Sanctification is an act of separation from that which is evil, and of dedication unto God. And then it gives scripture. Scriptures teach a life of holiness without which no man shall see God, shall see the Lord. By the power, so that that's how we know that sanctification begins in salvation. Because, because I can't go to heaven till I'm saved. And I read here, I can't go to heaven and see the Lord if I don't have holiness. So where does holiness begin? When you get saved. When you get saved. The thief on the cross. He didn't uh, didn't even get to go to a Bible study. He didn't even get to go to a, a new Christian's class. He didn't even get to go to any of that. But he got saved on the cross beside of Jesus and holiness was put into him. See, holiness is not something we conjure up for ourselves. Holiness is something put in us. When you stand before the Lord to judge whether you're going to heaven or not, he's not going to look at your holiness. You'd never make it. He sees, he sees his son's holiness on you. See, when you got saved, Jesus imparted to you his righteousness. That's the only way you can get into heaven. Pharaoh Hardison don't have any holiness that would get him into heaven. And y'all might think you do. You don't either. I'll just go ahead and tell you. So, so when, when the judge looks down at us to determine where we're going to spend eternity, he sees Jesus' holiness. Well, how did we get that? We got saved. We got saved. Listen to me. Listen. Salvation's a gift. It's hard for us. That's hard for us to embrace. That's why a lot of people can't get saved. I remember Kester Kanigi. 
struggled so hard to get saved. And I prayed with him many times in this very altar right here to get saved. And he would always doubt it because Kester thought he had to come up to a certain level and pay God back. See, you can't pay God back. You can't do enough good, good deeds to fix all your bad deeds. You can't do it. Righteous salvation is a gift. It's a gift. Thank God. If it wasn't a gift, isn't a soul in here be, be going to heaven when you die? It's a gift. If you had to come up with your own righteousness to get to heaven, none of us would make it. So he goes on here. Let me see. By the power of the Holy Ghost, we are able to obey the command, Be ye holy, for I am holy. I'm at the bottom of page 141. Sanctification is realized in the believer by recognizing his identification with Christ in his death and resurrection. Now let me just pause right there. That's what water baptism is. When you get water baptized, you are identifying with Jesus. You're saying to the world, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm identifying with Jesus Christ. I want everybody to know I have give my life to Jesus. That's what water baptism is, and that's why it's so important. So it is realized in the believer recognizing his identification with Christ, his death, remember water baptism, death, and then resurrection. That's what water baptism is into new life. And by faith reckoning daily, making up your mind daily, reckoning daily, deciding daily upon the fact of that union, and by offering every faculty, every part of you, continually to the dominion of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. That's what sanctification is right there. That's what it is. Amen. I've been preaching long enough. Let's come to the altar and pray. We'll start on initiated in regeneration on the next one. And I told myself, I tell myself every Sunday night, quit preaching so long. And, uh, and then I get in the car and we've been here over an hour. And, of course, it ain't my fault. It's y'all's fault. But anyway, y'all come on up here and let's pray. Let's pray a little bit. God, just give us a, a refreshing of sanctification. Some of y'all have been sanctified. Uh, you've had that experience. Let's pray for a renewal, a refreshing of sanctification in our lives. And let's pray it for our church. Let's pray it for the folks who aren't here. Lord, Lord, let us follow our forefathers who taught this and believed it. Lord, and their forefathers and their forefathers, even all the way back to the scriptures, those forefathers who taught holiness unto the Lord. We need a revival of it. I need a revival of it in my own life, God. I remember when I went to the altar and got sanctified and I went up there and prayed and you blessed me so good and the people told me, Pharaoh, you got sanctified tonight. I said, well, praise God. And it wasn't long after that I got filled with the Holy Spirit and got called to be a preacher. And, and God, I remember those days. Lord, I need a revival of your Holy Spirit in my life. I need a revival of sanctification in my life. Lord, that old sin nature rises up in me every single day, every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And God, I need you to sanctify me anew and afresh. 
Lord, I want to experience what I've been teaching about tonight. I don't want to just stand up here and teach about it. I want to experience it. I want to know it. I want to have that in my life. I want to have it in my life. And I I know I fail you so many times. But God, I want to please you. I want my life to please you. I want my life to be a testimony, an honoring of you. So, Lord, renew it in me. Ask God right now, y'all. Just say, Lord, refresh me in sanctification. Renew me in sanctification. Lord, sanctify me anew. Sanctify me afresh right now, tonight. Revive or sanctification in me tonight. I want to be a different person after tonight. And then next time I pray, I want to be a better person and a better person and a better person. And when I get to be more and more sanctified, I'll become less and less judgmental of others. And I'll be more and more loving. Sanctification don't make you judgmental. Sanctification makes you love people. It makes you admit your own sins and admit your own failings. When you're sanctified, you can look at people and say, I did wrong. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. When you're sanctified, your flesh doesn't rule. Now, your flesh is still there, but it is not president just because it's resident. Amen. Sin, you can't be president anymore. I know you're still around, and I know you will be until I'm glorified in heaven, but I'm not going to let you rule me. I'm not going to let you rule my life. I'm going to stay in subjection to God. I'm going to stay in subjection to the Spirit of God, to the Son of God, to Father God, and I'm going to live in a way that honors my Lord. Lord, I need your help. I can't do it by myself. I can't live this way on my own. I can't live this way by sheer willpower. I've got to have your help. I've got to have your anointing. I've got to have your hand on me. Sanctify me, God. Sanctify me. When we get good and sanctified, people will see Jesus in us. They'll see Jesus in us and they'll ask us about it. And then we can testify and witness to them about what the Lord's done for us. Oh, God, send a revival of sanctification. And I know, God, when we have a revival of sanctification right on the heels of that, there will be a revival of Pentecost and baptism in the Holy Spirit. But, God, we got to get hungry, and we've got to pray for it, and we've got to ask for it, and we've got to believe for it, and we've got to desire this in our lives. God, create a desire in me. You can pray that prayer. Lord, create a desire in me. Help me love what you love. Help me love what you love, Lord. Help me love what your Bible loves. And help me despise the things you despise. Help me be wounded and hurt by the things that wound you and hurt you, Lord. I want to be just like you, Lord. I'm so far away from that. But, Lord, I want to be like you. You're perfect. I'm not perfect. But, God, help me strive every day to live a life that exemplifies you, that reflects you. We'll see people get saved when Christians start living sanctified lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let that word be in us tonight, God. Let that word we got this morning be in us, that we are vigilant, that we're alert, that we're not, we're not lazy and slothful and and uh, we're not uh, uh, 
not failing to pay attention to what's going on around us. Help us to drink the water like those who dipped their hand and brought it up to their mouth. Let us keep our eyes open and be aware of the tricks of the enemy all around us. God, if we practice the word that we've preached today and we practice the songs we've sung and the songs we've quoted today, we'll be a mighty army for you tomorrow. Even tonight, Lord, if we were to stop tonight and get us a bite to eat uh, on the way home tonight, we'll act different to the people around us. I want the Holy Ghost. I want sanctification. But if the only place it affects me is in here, then it's no good. It's got to affect me everywhere I go. Everywhere I go in this world, Lord, I want, I want to exude your presence. I don't mean walk around holy, holy, sticking my nose in there. That is not you. That's more like the devil. I mean a, a genuine humility, God, and a heart of servanthood and service. Asking how I can be a blessing or be a help. God, help me. Help me. I need your help. I can't do this by myself. I can't do it just by being determined. I've got to surrender to your power in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So if you go around and they say they don't preach sanctification no more you say not at our church we still do amen we still preach sanctification don't we amen thank god seek it seek sanctification you say well i got sanctified i know say god do it again do it again every day renew me renew me it doesn't have to be an emotional maybe when you got sanctified in the altar you had a shouting time and and that's wonderful nothing wrong with that you feel free to do that now but but don't think you got to have that experience every day but you can ask every day for a renewing of sanctification in your life and God'll do it if you're hungry and you're sincere and you ask for it God'll do it when you ask for the things God has promised you he'll he'll give them to you He'll give them to you. Now, I ask for some things once in a while I can't find in the Bible specifically, but I'll say, Lord, if it's your will for me to have that, I sure would like to have that. And sometimes he will, sometimes he won't. But he knows what's best for me, don't he? Amen. I love y'all. God bless you. Thank y'all for coming tonight. We'll pick up where we left off. Not next week, because we're off next Sunday night, but we'll pick right back up two weeks from tonight. The Pine Level Pentecostal Church Incorporated, copyright 2023.